Hello, good morning, and welcome to the first episode of Lore Abiding Citizen. I am your host, Calvin, and before I explain the episode details of like what we're going to get into, I probably need to explain the show first. So here on Lore Abiding Citizen, I'm going to research a bunch of video games with like overly complicated and like hidden lores, and then I'm going to explain like the various monstrosities of why it's so complicated. For today's lore that we'll be dissecting is going to be one of my personal favorites, Kingdom Hearts. Typically, when talking about games with overly complicated lores, Kingdom Hearts will be brought up, or if you like look up lists online like kingdom hearts will be on that list if not at number one so before we get into all the monstrosities that lie within kingdom hearts we probably need to explain what kingdom hearts is first so i'm gonna give you like a wikipedia paragraph kind of thing like vaguely explaining what it is who made it and stuff like that kingdom hearts is a series of action rpg and hack and slash games created by tsui Nomura and shinji hashimoto who both worked on the creation of multiple final fantasy games kingdom hearts is a collaboration game between square enix and disney with uh with games featuring characters from both franchises so a bunch of final fantasy characters a bunch of disney characters so on and so forth currently in the series there are 12 games the first one releasing in 2002 which was kingdom hearts and the most recent one being released in 2020 being melody of memory so with Kingdom Hearts, there are some basic rules. Now, if we'll need these, we'll see. But I feel like if you if you start with Kingdom Hearts, you gotta understand the basic rules of it because it's really stupid of what they are. So pretty much hearts, very big thing in this franchise. They're not literal hearts because obviously we're not gonna be ripping out organs. Um, so the hearts are not literal hearts. They're more of like an emotional soul kind of thing. You, you get used to it when you play them or listen to it enough. Um, so when a heart and a body is separated, so when, like, the, you know, the emotional soul gets separated from the body, um, they, like, get turned into different things. Um, when a heart and a body are separated, typically due to, like, succumbing to the darkness, um, the heart becomes a heartless, and the body becomes a nobody. I, it's, welcome to Kingdom Hearts. It's, it's whack over here. Um, however, when that happens, if you're this thing called strong-willed enough, or more than likely just the main character, when you like separate or heartless to nobody, um, your nobody can actually be something that looks like you. Cause most of the time you become like this more, you just become a slinky pretty much. You just, cause that's, that's what they do. They slither about, they're like slinkies. But so when you're strong-willed enough, you, you're, you're not a slinky, you're your own actual person. Um, and typically they look like you and like can talk and, you know, form conversations and all that stuff. You're just not a slinky is the best way to explain that. Next rule, uh, if a heartless and the nobody are destroyed for like one person, um, you know, the original person becomes whole again. Um, another thing, Disney Final Fantasy characters are everywhere. This, I don't think is super important for this. However, if you ever get into playing Kingdom Hearts, you will see them. You will see them. Except for in the third game, there's no Final Fantasy characters until you get the DLC, which is a whole nother mess. Um, and then every heart has both darkness and light with about, technically speaking, seven exceptions. Getting to the main thing. Main character, main character of the whole franchise, his name is Sora. So with being the main character of Kingdom Hearts, um, one of the things with the hearts getting separated from their bodies and stuff, for some reason, if you're a good character, I guess there's like a secret contract that I don't know if like, they had to sign with Disney. If you're a good character and you lose your heart, um, it had like I and it doesn't get turned into a heartless. It just goes into Sora. That's genuinely what it is. I there's a list. There's a list, and we're gonna get into it. So first character, Ventus. He, I don't even think he technically saw Sora in one of the games because Ventus is introduced in Birth by Sleep, which came out in 2010. I don't even think Ventus actually spoke to Sora. 
No, it was his friends who spoke to Sora. And th even then, they didn't. So Ventus is just kind of going on vibes, I guess. Um, Because Ventus, with hearts, they have, you know, lightness and darkness. And Ventus was one of those people. However, Ventus is a special little character. And he makes the Keyblade. If you look at it spelt-wise, it's X, but it's like the Greek letter X or whatever. So, like, you can also technically pronounce it Kai. I'm just going to call it the X-Blade because that's for simplicity purposes. He he makes the he makes the X-Blade. The person who is training him to properly be, like, a Keyblade wielder and what, um, his name is Xehanort. Cough, cough, he's the bad guy. And Xehanort's like, oh, I need the X-Blade for nefarious evil person purposes. Ventus is like, oh, okay, I'll try summoning it. And then he fails miserably every single time. And Xehanort's not having it. So what's the realistic thing to do? Stab him. That is the answer. Just stab him. So he stabs him directly to separate the good or like the light of the heart and the darkness of the heart to make their own separate people. So now there's two people. They're both half hearts, but one's only light, which is Ventus. And then there's the other half, which is darkness. And that's Vanitas, which we'll get into him in about two minutes. During Birth by Sleep, which is the yeah the game that Ventus is in, um, he goes through this whole thing of struggling with exploit this, exploit that, whatever. And by the end of the game, he's pretty damaged or whatever. And he needs to take about a 12 year nap. And his heart, I guess, needs to, like, heal and stuff, which, like, fair. I mean, it did kind of get stabbed in the middle of the game and, like, separated. What does he do with his heart? He goes and he literally, the scene is so weird because you just see, like, this little ball of light fly over to, like, where Sora lives. Which, they're on different worlds, by the way. This is a whole big thing. It flies over to where Sora lives and it's literally Ventus going, hey... Can I sleep in your heart or something along the lines of that? Or like, can I rest in there for a minute? It takes place 10 years before the first game. So Sora is four at this point. So this random person who he didn't even speak to went, hey, can I sleep in your heart? And this kid's four. And he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. And then he just does for about 12 years until they go and get him in Kingdom Hearts 3. Whole thing. It's wild. But it only gets worse from here. Oh boy, does it. Next character, Kyrie. Kyrie is first introduced in the first game, Kingdom Hearts. And she is supposed to be not really confirmed, but it's like, it's so obvious. She's supposed to be Sora's love interest. And in the first game, literally in like the first 30 minutes, depending on how long you take on the island, um, it gets succumbed by darkness. And Sora's like running around trying to find his friends. He found his friend Riku. And then he's like, oh, I got to go find Kairi. So he walks into this place called like the secret place. It's this little cave thing. And he sees Kairi there. And Kairi's like like she's like very out of it and so there's a door behind her that flings open and like a gust of wind comes and then like she like you know fl almost flies towards him and he goes out to like try and like grab her and then she just phases through him genuinely genuinely that's what happens she phases through him and then disappears and then he gets flung out of the little cave thing turns out that was her heart going inside of him so he goes this entire game not realizing there's her heart in his um and by the end of the game riku he's also the main villain for the game he's like "Ooh, actually you got Kyrie's heart in you and we kind of need it because of the whole plot line so he's like we kind of need it and so in order for Kyrie's heart to return sora ends up stabbing himself with a keyblade to release Kyrie's heart to go back to hers but then also in stabbing himself he releases his own heart which 
at this point in time, since this was the first game, nobody's didn't exist yet. So it was just Heartless. So when he released his heart, nothing happened with his body pretty much other than, whoop, it disappeared. And then his heart became a Heartless. Kyrie is special. And instead of her heart becoming a Heartless in any time, she's this thing called a Princess of Light or a Princess of Heart. Really doesn't matter. It just means her heart is completely full of light. Um, But not in the sense of Ventus of he is half and he needs to take a 12 year nap, but more in the sense of she's she's got no darkness. And that's also pretty much why they needed her is like, ooh, plotline points. So Sora stabbing himself is pretty important because then that leads into our next two characters. Roxas is Sora's nobody. In Kingdom Hearts 2, Roxas at the beginning, it's just he's kind of living life. He's gone. He's on summer break, I think. And it was like the last day of summer break. And that's the whole point of everything. He's just cruising along, going about. And he keeps having these random memories, which are Sora's memories. He just keeps having these random memories. And he's like, hmm, I wonder what that is. Strange. And he keeps living life. And then Riku, he's running about pretty much trying to kill Roxas for memory purposes because Roxas needs to die so then Sora can like have all of his memories so Riku's like oh I gotta go kill Roxas and like that's the entire point and Roxas is like I refuse to die because I don't know why eventually it gets explained to him and he's like oh okay yeah sure and then when he does die his heart goes back into Sora which kind of makes sense because it's his nobody right next on the list is Naminé who ties in with Roxas so the whole memories thing Naminé back when Stor Sora stabbed himself right he released his heart he released Kairi's heart right and again when when the heart and body separated, they make the heartless and the nobody. When Sora stabbed himself, Sora with his heart made Roxas. But since he also had Kairi's heart, and since it released from his body, that created another nobody called Naminé. And the thing with Naminé is technically she's Kairi's nobody. However, it was she was made with Kairi's heart, but then Sora's body. The thing with Naminé, she's kind of special because since she was made with, you know, Kairi's heart, but Sora's body, she can steal Sora's memories. And that was her whole thing is that she can steal memories for um, Organization 13, which I'll get into in a minute. She eventually, she was told, oh, you're actually, a, you're being a bad person. You need to fix your stuff right now. And she's like, oh, okay, cool. My bad. Um, and then she starts, you know, helping all of them because she's removing Sora's memories for you know, organization 13 nefarious purposes. Um, and then once she's told, she's like, oh, okay, cool. I can repair them. But like, you need to take a nap for a year. There's a lot of naps that go on. So Sora goes and takes a nap for a whole year. And then that ensues with the Roxas thing of like, oh yeah, you actually need to die so we can get Sora's memories back. And, but once she finally reconstructs everything, then she needs to go back into Kairi. So then she can have her own memories back with the whole stealing memory stuff. But eventually Naminé needs to go back so that she just, you know, dies she doesn't technically die in the way that like roxas does but like she's just like okay cool i'll go back now peace and then just does when she dies instead of going to Kyrie, it's still technically sora because everyone's technically sora next character shion so shion so it's back with the memories thing. Organization 13. We're going to get into it. So with Naminé being able to steal memories, Roxas is already stealing Sora's memories. And they needed him in Train of Memories to like purposefully try and find Naminé. They needed somewhere to technically hold Kairi's memories or at least steal Sora's memories of Kairi. And it had to go into something. Someone in Organization 13, Vexen, made a puppet. Um, and they named it Shion, and she was literally only there to steal Sora's memories of Kairi. She was technically the first 
first one to actually go because Riku finally was like able to get a hold of her and be like, hey, you're stealing memories. We kind of need you to die so we can have a back. And then she's like, oh, makes sense. Cool. And then does. And so Roxas literally sees his best friend just die right in front of him. But the thing is, when Shion dies, everyone forgets Shion existed. And that was true. And the only reason that they ever found out about her was because Vexen, when he was making the puppet, put notes down about making puppets and so they're like hmm it seems we had a 14th member of the organization who could it have been and literally no one remembered because she died but anyway so Shion was the first dead and then Roxas and then after all of the memories were reconstructed Naminé was like cool bet I'm out um and then everyone went into Sora because that is how that's Kingdom Hearts now the other one because I thought we were done no we're not the other one is Vanitas I kind of talked about him when Ventus was separated when his whole heart thing was the there's the half light half dark the half darkness is Vanitas so the thing is is he's technically not like there's no actual confirmation that he is part of Sora however Ventus looks like Roxas since Ventus's heart was in Sora's when Sora released Sora's heart then making Roxas Roxas took the appearance of Ventus even though it's Sora's nobody it's a whole thing and I hate this franchise I think if they had a lack of player models and they went yep it's fine don't worry about it because Roxas looked like Ventus, I guess they needed someone for Vanitas to look like. So they just took Sora's player model and went, yep, that's correct. And then they just recolored him. Like, instead of like, because uh, Sora has like brown spiky hair. Vanitas is just like the emo version of Sora. Technically, Vanitas isn't actually in Sora because, you know, darkness and stuff. But I thought I'd throw that on here technically because, you know, Ventus, but who actually knows? A lot of people are thinking he kind of is because he still looks like Sora. Because when Vanitas was originally created, Ventus was not... Ventus's heart was not in Sora yet, so... We're just kind of speculating and guessing. We don't actually know. That's the end of the hearts. So just that alone, just that alone, that's one section. That's not even really plot stuff. That's just who's in who, who knows? Forget who's on first. No, who is, whose heart is in Sora's? This is the game we're playing and no one is winning. Ah, my favorite thing. 13 variations of Xehanort. We're going to get into that. So Organization 13 is, it's supposed to be an organization that has 13 members. However, every single time they failed that number, they made two different organizations. So in the first, the first time we're introduced to the organization, it is called Organization 13, which has 14 people, which I'm going to list them. I'm just going to rattle them off. Most of these people aren't important. Xemnas, Zigvar, Zaldin, Vexen, Lexius, Zexion, Syax, Axel, Demix, Luxor, Marluxia, Larxene, Roxas, and Shion. That's the list. That's the order. Point is, all of these, specifically Organization 13, they are all the strong-willed nobodies. That's what makes them them. The original reason that Organization 13 existed, that they said they existed for, was because they were trying to collect a bunch of hearts. So collect a bunch of the heartless and stuff. So then they could make their own hearts. Because the whole point with nobodies is that they literally did not have their own hearts. They couldn't form their own hearts. Um, which then was proven to be a lie. But so that was the whole cover-up, is that they were making they were trying to fill kingdom hearts which is like a whole physical thing they were trying to fill kingdom hearts with hearts so then every nobody could have their own heart but not in the sense of like making them whole again but like just in the sense of oh we're nobodies and now we can do more bad however that gets into the second organization 13 which i i kid you not the genuine what it is canonically called is the real organization 13 so you have again again you have organization 13 and the real organization 13 i 
hate it so much because it's so easy to get them confused. So the real organization, they have a different thing because their whole thing is the X-Blade. So the whole point with the X-Blade is in order to form the true Kingdom Hearts, because they've had like a bunch of like fake ones that existed, I guess, which is pretty much visually what it looks like. It just looks like a blue moon, but in the shape of a heart. And that's what it is. The fake one that was made, it was yellow, but it was still a heart as a moon. Point is, Xehanort is trying to make the real one to like, you know, make everything darkness. In order to make the actual Kingdom Hearts, they need to form the X-Blade, which, well, it's a thing. They need the X-Blade, and then also you need seven shards of light and 13 shards of darkness. So, 13 shards of darkness, Organization 13. That was the original purpose of Organization 13 and also the real organization. However, for Organization 13, they were putting up the front of, oh, we're we're just trying to fill everyone's hearts with hearts. Teehee. But really it was to form the true kingdom hearts. And then the seven shards of light. There's two ways they tried doing this. The first way was with the princesses of heart, which would consist of like Kyrie, because like her, where like the heart is full of light. Most of it's just Disney princesses. Um, and I guess they've changed them now because you need to memorize more people. And it doesn't necessarily mean they have to actually be like an official princess, because in the first lineup, you had Kyrie, who's technically I say not technically but no isn't a princess you have Alice from Alice in Wonderland she's not actually a princess and then you have like genuine princesses like Cinderella Aurora Jasmine Snow White other people blah 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 they've shifted them recently in the third game so now we've only been introduced to three which is Rapunzel and then Elsa and Anna and then Kyrie is still the same because we got to keep her important so the seven shards of light could have been the princesses of light or in the third game what they tried doing was just any keyblade wielder that isn't bad genuinely because we got i mean we got Sora, we got riku they got kairi in on it because they had to make her important so now she can wield a keyblade earlier i said axel he had a whole redemption arc kind of thing so then he got a keyblade but then his keyblade broke literally though if you could wield a keyblade and you weren't bad you're you're a shard of light now i guess they were grasping at straws trying to make that i like it was so easy for 13 but seven they struggled they struggled real hard but anyways so the real organization they just copy and pasted some of them and then they added people so i'm just gonna also ramble the list off over there again so they got xehanort ansem xemnas zigbar luxord lurxene marluxia syax terra xehanort which for short we just call terranort dark riku vanitas young xehanort xion and then they have reserves which is demix vexen except for he ended up being a spy and then just things called replicas I think it's just, just the two organizations by themselves is confusing enough, and I don't know why they had to call it Organization 13 and the real Organization 13. I'm still very upset that they, they it's so similar, and then they just kept most of the same people, because it's pretty much just, if you want to be Xehanort, be in the second one. With the thing with the second organization, the real organization, right? I'm going to list a few, and then I'm going to explain something. Xehanort, Ansem, Xemnas, Terra Xehanort, Young Xehanort. These people, everyone I just listed, they are all the same person. Xehanort is Xehanort. Ansem is the heartless of Xehanort. Xemnas is the nobody of Xehanort. Terra Xehanort is Xehanort possessing another character called Terra. Young Xehanort is literally just past Xehanort. Now the thing is, is they all have to exist at the same time, which Ansem and Xemnas makes sense. Then with Xehanort and with young Xehanort makes no sense. But, but why? How are they all there at the same time? Time travel! Because we needed time travel in an already confusing franchise. 
And this is why. This is why most people hate Kingdom Hearts. Nah, no, I'm joking. Most people don't actually even know that there's time travel in the game. No, there is time travel, and it's so stupid. There are rules. Not like any character listens to them, though. Pretty much basic rules is when traveling, you can only travel with heart, not body. So pretty much you can't physically go there, but your heart can. When traveling in time, there must be a version of yourself. So pretty much what I think of it as is it's the rule of quantum leap of you can only travel within when you were born the only thing where it differs from quantum leap is like he travels um just into other people whereas this you have to travel into yourself pretty much uh, you can only go backwards once and when backwards you can only move forward in time so like once you go to your set destination you just keep going forward and then you cannot rewrite destined events you know the canon events what does that mean who knows and then you can travel through time as often as you want but you must eventually return to your time and when you do return you lose all memories and experiences you've had while time traveling the simple thing is you cannot travel to both the past and the present at one like at once now here's the thing because they have pretty they have pretty decent rules with time travel that all kind of makes sense however when you're xehanort it's gone you throw it out the window the big thing with time travel is you have to travel into yourself however there was a whole thing where at one point xehanort old xehanort he traveled back in time to either get ansem or get young xehanort but he couldn't go into his body and try and recruit them for organization or the real organization or whatever and so he possessed a comforter and then just took that form on hug why why does time travel exist my, my point is, why does time travel exist? They only really did it in one game, thankfully, for at least the main characters, which that was Dream Drop Distance, and it made vague sense. But I think just time travel in general in anything typically can make it worse, unless it's like the premise of like Quantum Leap, for example. I don't know if time travel was really needed in this franchise. I think it was just so then they could try and like fulfill the 13 shards because I don't think they physically had enough people. So they had to be like, we were like, well, we need more Xehanorts. Time to travel. Even though they could have probably just made more characters no, so they got time travel involved, which was problem number one. And even though they set rules, literally no one follows them. Uh, I forgot about this one. Personally, one of my favorites and also the worst thing, but it's so fun to explain because it's how is this in a Disney game of all things? Because again, this is still a Disney game because all I have in my notes is Mickey Mouse shirtless scene, birth by sleep. So allow me to explain. So in Kingdom Hearts 1, the first initial game came in, coming out in 2002, he was at the end of the game. Sora went through the whole thing and there was, it was was originally called kingdom hearts i think we all decided that it's the door to darkness but point is there's the realm of light and there's the realm of darkness and this pretty much opened to the realm of darkness the doors had opened and sora's like ah we need to shut this so he starts trying to shut it right and mickey is on the other side and you have to lock it on both sides mickey mouse was on the other side and he's like all right sora i'll help you lock it on this side you lock it on that side the thing is is in the first game since this was just the first game mickey didn't have any set outfit or anything and so they just did his tip typical outfit like there's the the no shirt the red shorts the yellow shoes the white gloves and that was just what they did and then they gave him his keyblade and called it a day well eventually obviously kingdom hearts got popular they made more games blah 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 they made two prequel games they made birth by sleep and then the game that takes place directly right after that which is fragmentary passage it takes place after birth by sleep and then it takes place to the end of the first game and the entire game takes place in the realm of darkness and so you play as the main character which is aqua you run around you do the thing whatever and towards the end you get to where those doors are and so you see mickey mouse and at this point it has been established that mickey mouse you know has his costume and they did more of a final
Final Fantasy-esque because it still is Square Enix in the, at the end. So he's wearing like a jacket that's like gray and stuff. And like, you know, he's wearing more clothes than normal, at least for Mickey Mouse. And so he's running around doing whatever the heck he's doing. And eventually there is a Tower of Heartless that come and it goes blah, 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 whatever. And it takes out Aqua and Mickey and like just kind of goes and then eventually like they kind of like fly out like it's a tornado thing. And what legitimately happens is Mickey lands on the ground, does another little hop thing. Like he goes, ba ba, you know? And at that first ba, he goes up and you just see sparkles coming off of him. And when he lands, it's genuinely, it's yellow sparkles. Blah, and then he is into his original outfit. And so he becomes shirtless due to the power of magic and Disney. And the only reason they did that was for consistency purposes. Heartless have nothing to do with magic, so they could not have done that. And there was no other explanation for it. No one cares to explain it. It's just Mickey Mouse is now shirtless. And they don't even question it. No one says a thing, and that's it. It's, it's genuinely just for consistency purposes, and it is one of the funniest things in this franchise. I find it quite hilarious. Forget any other thing, this is the funniest by far, and also one of the, other than time travel, one of the most stupidest things that happened. But it is a fun little time, and you can find the clip on YouTube. I will let you have that if you really want to go see that. But anyways, there, there's, yeah, that's the main gist of it. And for time purposes, I'm gonna cut it off here. There are so many more nuances with Kingdom Hearts. Do not get me wrong. However, I have things I gotta do, and I'm sure you do as well. So we're just gonna, we're gonna leave it here. Alright, uh, that's that's it. Have fun, don't die.